You're listening to a crossover collaboration with Brian K. James from Real Reality Realness Podcast. This is a music segment all about separating the artist from the legacy. So, to kick things off for this brand new segment, let's begin today's interview. Ode to the evening. Evening is to the ode. Yeah. What's going on, folks? How goes it? How goes it? Welcome and welcome back. This is Groove and Gravity. This is your music segment of the Lost in the Groove slash Real Reality Wellness Podcast, where Dave Lennon and I dig into some of our most some of our favorites, some of the most controversial, some of the most interesting, and some of the most underrated artists and present them to the world in a new format through their lifestyles and their legacies as artists, as well as their contributions to the entertainment industry. I am your co-host, Brian K. James. I'm Dave. Me? Mm-hmm. I'm chilling, baby. I mean, uh, thing is, sometimes we artists like to come out of the night. The moon is full. The streets are cold. We're ready. So, let's start this experiment. No, we're not back. Yeah. One of my favorite all-time superstars. He had this thing. Where he used to say, Darling, honey, sweetie. And it used to irritate the fuck out of people. His name, my friends, is Freddie Mercury. And Honey Darling Sweetie is one of the best ways to piss off and love someone at the same time. So if you tell me that you want to be an artist, we have a conversation about being an artist. Honey, we're going to be doing Harley, Darling, Sweetie, all goddamn day. And of course, talk about Picasso because, hey, who doesn't? <laughs> right. Tell me about it. Hmm. If we go back in time, mm-hmm. let's, say th- let's go back to the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, when we uh, we we talk about the the modern advancement of music, it kind of stemmed in the days of jazz. Jazz was kind of the 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 new trend or the new era that allowed a lot of new different genres to come out of it, such as blues rock and roll, R&B, and many other genres from there. My question to you is, when you look at one one of the other genres, when you, when you go through time, throughout the 20th century, what is one key time period in that early stage that stands out to you? I could choose something influential from each era in each decade i think the most influential to me is 90s r&b music um i think that for me there is so much emotion and so much feeling and so much soul attached to r&b music specifically 90s r&b music you know what i want to get into i want to get into a conversation about this because um i did a live and i never published it because i thought it was fucking terrible but in that live I mentioned where I was listening to the episode that you did with Juju Andon and 
in there they mention about like just the atrocity of of hip-hop right now um and it's like the total opposite because we've talked about this before we're you know when you look at 90s r&b of the advancements that there was because new jack swing is one great example there's many examples, but there's just so many advancements from that period. What is your take? I want to hear like your take on the hip hop scene now. Like, do you, you don't feel like it's it's in chaos and shambles? Do you? Um, I I guess that depends on what would define chaos and shambles as. I think that if I could describe hip hop right now, I would consider it shallow and and more so materialistic than anything. I think it's very superficial. I think it's very oversaturated. I think it's very diluted. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who are not in the art of hip hop for the art of hip hop. And I think that it's very saturated because it's just become a quick cash cow that a lot of people can jump into thanks to the internet and now become profitable. You know, I don't know how many people in other genres of music are having this phenomenon of these microwavable uh, country singers or, you know, uh, pop artists. I mean, I guess we see it in pop music as well, but in hip hop, it really seems to be an oversaturation of materialistic, under underwritten, undervalued, underfocused hip hop. And I don't like I did a whole mixtape about it that I put out in 2021 through the perspective of a queer artist and acknowledging not only the lack of representation of queer artists at the time, but also the ludicrousy of the state of hip hop at the time and also what queer artists could contribute so going back to Juju's point the hip hop industry is in fucking shambles and it's been in fucking shambles because there is no there is no substance to hip hop anymore people forget because like when you listen I'll, I'll tell you this like um, that one song I think it's called Broken Silence mm-hmm. um, when you listen to the song if you come from it from a shallow because we said this right government a shallow mind or an industrial mind that's not from the indie world okay from the underground world you'll view it as like okay you know like they're just trying to like do the shit you know so like they can be different but a true artist can actually see the work over here there's actually work that's being put in it's poetry okay people fucking forget that like there's a time where rap it's poetry Right, people don't understand the value of speech and and our and articulation. You know, the whole spoken the the whole spoken spoken word thing came out of a continuation of public speaking, and with that, adding music to it became a more current, um, valuable. 
added part to it that kind of elevated it and, and, you know, took it to a new place. And then with hip hop, it took the perspective of the neighborhood or the or the experiences that you had at the time. And it personified it through the universal language that is music. Um, I just think that now there is no real... I keep going back to the word substance. Like it, like all people get in hip hop for it now is to get a quick bag, which I don't understand how people get in something as hard to succeed in as hip hop for a quick bag. It is so interesting to me. But however, I, to speak to that, yeah. there's such a dilution of quality when it comes to hip hop. It makes it look like anybody can upload three songs on SoundCloud and be little baby. Yeah. I wanted to um, I wanted to go off on something quickly, and I wanted to ask you this. I think it's important uh-huh. to this conversation. George Carlin is fav- famous. For this you know who George Carlin is? A very famous. He's very fa- was a very famous comedian. It's seven dirty words. Okay, seven dirty words you're not allowed to say. Public television. Hey, do you remember those yeah. those seven? All right, for our audience members, we will say these seven words. Okay, shit. Piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. And tits, yeah. Okay. And I, and now you can say every single one of those words on one live television now. There we go. And yeah, we just did it. With the exception of the word cunt. Like, you can't say cunt on, like, <sighs> The View. Or, like, Good Morning America. They would no. believe it. But, like, there's a lot of shit that you can say on TV now. Like, I spoke to this one time on my podcast where I was like, it's crazy how the censor has shifted when it comes comes to bleeping, cursing on TV. I remember growing up, you couldn't say shit, ass fuck, dick, pussy, none of these words on TV. Now, you can say all of these words except shit and fuck. Those are the only two words okay, that they so th- you this can say is dick on TV, pussy, ass, damn. This is where this is where I wanted to go to because we've had a conversation about this before. Gangster rap. Some channels you can say shit. Uh-huh. Gangster rap. Now, gangster rap is notorious because there's a lot of cursing on gangster rap. Okay? It's kind sure. of that kind of kind of part of the poetry, all right? There are people that have a problem cuz like, you know, oh, there's dirty words in there. The thing that goes back is, okay, like I'm asking you as an artist, when I hear old school gangster rap and they're saying, you know, them motherfuckers coming and taking shit ass. What I'm hearing is a guy saying that he's at his fucking bone. Okay. Mm -hmm. His wife is shot. He's alone. He's in a dangerous neighborhood. This guy is coming after him for no fucking reason just because he touched his wife. You see where I'm going with this? Like, mm-hmm. I can hear the story he's... T- yeah, okay, there's fucking vulgar in there, right? But that's the poetry Here's he's the thing. giving. Yeah. Here's the thing. There's certain ways you have to articulate certain messages. There's for it to register and to be clear. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. You can't articulate something like living in the ghetto and the aggressive experiences that are happening to the people who are delivering these these messages without evoking those messages in certain dialects. There are certain ways you have to articulate that for it to register and make sense. If Ice Cube came on, um, came on straight out of Compton 
and did not curse, it wouldn't hit the same. Like if he like 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 imagine if he didn't come out and say straight out of Compton, <laughs> the motherfucker named Ice Cube coming out from the niggas with the attitude like that that like you have to make sense of that and you can't do a clean version of that and it makes sense no no you have to say it the way it is and at the end of the day i specifically speak about nwa because of their direct acknowledgement of police brutality so that i wanted to acknowledge if you watch all of the videos of police brutality that are now just so readily available on instagram and youtube nowadays weird as fuck by the way i know um it is kind of weird isn't it but if you can just go back and binge watch and murder videos too yeah if you want to just go back and watch all of the black people being murdered on the internet now you can go back and also pay attention to the 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 type of language that those police officers are using with those people and you tell me how comparable that is to an nwa song to let let me let me ask you this i want to tie this in and i think it's important is um from what i'm understanding is the environment around the industry okay whether it be mm-hmm. indie or in you know the industry itself corporate uh you're saying that the you know the environment around it inspires it because nwa was inspired by what was going on around the times correct i mean that's kind of that's where hip-hop comes from just like that's where any genre comes from it comes from experience that that's right. where blues came from that's where rock came from that's that's where country music comes from like the only genre that isn't directly ex- inspired from original experience is pop music. Like, but you want to talk about R&B, rap music, country music, jazz, blues. It's all inspired from experience. People are singing about their experience. Right. From Etta James all the way to Jasmine Sullivan. They are singing about shit they going through all the way over to Carrie Underwood to Adele, all the way down to Sam Smith and his thick body, sexy ass work. Oof. Go off. Woof. Like what like what like there, excuse me. Um but because I respect pronouns around here. There. I tr- I, tr- I, tr- I try. I try. Yeah, sh- yeah, shout out to Sam Smith and their thick and sexy ass. But, like, they're all singing about their experiences. Right. And so, you, like, in the same way that you can't hear a Mary J. Blige song without raw emotion and certain ways that she sings and hits certain notes, like, if she just sung it like it was a lullaby, like, if she sung Not Gonna Cry, like it was a lullaby that she's singing to her three-year-old child it's not gonna hit the same reminds me of roberta flack i don't know why like roberta flack is such a great example like when i think of roberta flack i think of a smooth whiskey mm-hmm. smooth whiskey with you know one ice cube nice mm-hmm. bar stool good atmosphere good air there that's the thing too and like it's something that, that gets so lost is people forget music needs atmosphere Mm-hmm. It's just, if it's just the same thing over and over, it's where is the atmosphere? Where is the air? 
But here's the thing. You don't hear all of this shit when it comes to any other genre of music except for R&B music and rap music. Back in the 90s when R&B was being really sexual and all of that, people were calling them dirty and disgusting and this and that and and all of that. But Madonna was revolutionary. Madonna was, was... but even when she put out the album called Erotica and then like did a whole album about or um did a whole book about sex, she wasn't disgusting and and you know needed to be locked away. She was innovating, she was boundary pushing, she was, you know, experimental. She was controversial, she wasn't problematic. But when Uncle Luke was out here talking about talking about, you know, doodle brown and pussy popping, all of a sudden, that's wrong. But Madonna can put out an album about erotica and they can keep her album on the shelves. It just speaks to a certain perception of the people who you choose to have these issues with. Like, even when it comes to rock and roll, Mm-hmm. Rock and roll is looked at as dangerous, but it's still sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's still something that's enticing and alluring. And it's like, ooh, it's so interesting. You know, like people right. still find rock music fascinating, even though it's dangerous. People consider rap music da- dangerous. And that's it. Some, I okay, I. this is just my personal opinion. All right. Mm-hmm. As an artist, as an underground artist, mm-hmm. When you take, I'm old school. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm one of those people that I can they listen. They were doing to- the same things from the from the very beginning. They did this to rap in the '80s too, when it was born. Like and they treated rap like shit from the '80s. They said I know. The rap wasn't gonna last, and they said that it wasn't about shit. They not talking about nothing. They just talk about violence. They just talk about black on black crime. They did the same thing to rap in the 80s, too, back when it actually had substance substance and perspective and real stories. But the thing is now, like, the thing is now that this thing that I wanted to get at with you is, you know, I found Juju because of you. Like, there are artists today that are doing... I'm going to say it. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. What is... I feel is supposed to be done with R&B and hip-hop and rap because it allows a lot more creativity just you have all of these different types of artists making all these different types of music instead of just getting 10 tracks that are like on like a billion videos sound the same they all sound the same Mm -hmm. like they literally all sound the same um to that point though yes hmm we can say the exact same thing about every other genre mm. from the other perspective right. and and none of us walk into any other genre and tell y'all what y'all should and shouldn't be doing with y'all uh-uh. music no. so at the end of the day I'm not going to allow anybody to walk over here and tell me what, 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 what we should be doing with rap whether I agree with you or not what I will say, and like I've said from the very beginning, is that being rap harsh, though, is I do oversaturated though. and diluted, yes. and it's completely not where it should be as a respectable art form. That I agree with. But mm-hmm. however, 
the art form itself has been disrespected and met and mistreated from its inception so right. now that it deserves to be treated that way i like i can acknowledge it but also step back and say well we can say we love the old school but when old school was really old school y'all 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 still treated it the exact same that's why i feel like it's that's why like i personally love when i find artists today that have their own spin, their own twist. They bring some old school. They don't. They try something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I like an experience, right? And I feel like kind Absolutely. of the cool thing that's kind of the cool thing about um, hip hop is it can kind of be like you sitting on the couch, you know, you're kind of like with everybody, like either playing cards or I can't remember the times you're playing Monopoly just play monopoly <laughs> i honestly have no idea no but like i i'm saying for like my own personal experience like with music especially like when it came to it came to r&b was like it was all about experience mm-hmm. you know like what you felt about the artist i don't know maybe it's me or i feel like there's like a deeper you said this every genre is different but i feel like with each genre being different there's something deeper inside of that mm-hmm. there's something extra that comes with each genre that makes it that genre you know whether it be mm-hmm. pain or um triumphant or sound or beat or synth i'm just blocking. but you get where i'm coming from sure i think that each genre has its own qualifying identifier that makes it unique and makes it what it is. Um, it just seems like when it comes to when it comes to genres of color, it seems like they're always either over harshly judged compared to other genres or they are too quickly dismissed and overlooked. Mm, yeah, I see that. Okay. Prime example, nobody's ever said rock and roll is dead. When hip hop took over and was the was the predominant genre that was on radio, nobody said rock music is dead. When in rock music, we don't y'all don't throw away y'all artists in in country music y'all don't throw away y'all artists like I'm speaking to both sides on this point I'm I'm speaking to to people who ingest rap music and people who are in rap music there is such a dismissal and a lack of preservation when it comes to hip hop on both sides and it's hard to justify hip-hop when we do it to our own it like it's like to me there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had with the black community as a whole that trickles down into hip-hop about why the black community as a whole is stuck in a crabs in a barrel mentality that's really not for this episode i I think also i want to tie into something which is important to this you Mm -hmm. take an important person like Aretha Franklin that shaped 
an entire generation of music. And a person that literally had to fight to breathe. Very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, that's the thing is like, we, we want to learn from history, you know, and, and luckily she was alive all the way up until recently. It was amazing because we were both alive while the Aretha Franklin was still around. And why am I bringing this up? I'm asking you as as a person when you when you when we have this conversation about somebody like Aretha, is there somebody that you can look back at? Maybe also the same person and see how far that we've grown and how much we've accomplished. Um, there's plenty of people that I can look to. Yeah. Um, there's people that I can look to across several genres. Like, I immediately think, like, like if you want to go to rock music, I think about Lenny Kravitz. I think about mm-hmm. Prince. I think about Jimi Hendrix. I think about the lead singer of Seven Dust, whose name I can't remember right now. I'm going to check this um, out. Let me check. Let me check. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Um, I think about you know how black people have contributed to every genre you want to talk about country music there's milton Patton, who was an incredible country singer uh, wait um, wait i almost got it yes. almost got it oh my god it um lead singer of lejean witherspoon thank you lejean witherspoon yes okay um, sorry but, uh, should have gotten quicker Let's try next time no you're fine um but yeah you want to talk about um pop music there's been incredible black women in pop music maya uh like just all different types of people but this is it's amazing though isn't it it's just like there's so much so much that we have Mm -hmm. and so much has been given um to specifically answer your question the person that I could probably say to see, look how far we've come. Yeah. As far as somebody from my own personal experience, I would probably have to say Tina Turner for mm. me. Because she's someone who we've seen exactly where she's come from, exactly where she made it to, exactly where she grew and went to after that, and exactly where she is now. And we've also seen several generations of artists be born from her stage persona, her presence, her soul in music. We have um, to do a segment. We have to do a segment on, I, I swear to God, we have to do a segment on, on Tina Turner. There could be an entire Tina Turner, like, family tree of, like, Tina Turner birthed Beyonce, who birthed all these other, who birthed yeah. Romani. And, like, like, there's a whole tree and bracket that can be broken down of the several artists that were inspired by she's had an, inc- she's had an incredible Jackson. career I mean yeah, she's had a career like, over like 50 years yeah it's like Tina Turner who has birthed Janet Jackson who has birthed Beyonce Maya Sierra who has birthed like Normani and Sierra has birthed like Kehlani and Summer Walker like it's just like so many Keeps different going brackets that you can branch off of this one woman's influence so i think that's the person who 
I could say specifically answers your question for me because we see her story also come full circle on a personal level. We saw her, you know, have an incredibly rough childhood, grow up to what seemed like to be incredibly great success and behind that be going through incredibly um, damaging trauma to stepping away from her first wave of success and having to build an entire career all over again. She was, you know, the soul chick. She was the soul. She was, you know, the like, like the doo-wop soul chick when, she, when, you know, she was with Ike Turner. She left and she completely started an entire new career in an entire never stops. genre of music. She never you stops. That's the, th- that's the thing about Tina. She never stops. Oh, she's stopped now. She's retired as hell now. I know, but, but there was a time that I mean she never... about coming yeah. full circle. Because she really had to establish herself as another entity. Like, she really had... Because when, when we got the whole what's love to do... What's love got to do with the private dancer? All of those songs. Like she was really starting What's over. love got to do? Oh, yeah, it's like stuck she in my head now. She was completely starting over. So she, so once again, she was singing for her life all over again. This was a second wave of her building an entire career and and building a second legacy for herself. So now seeing her living in Switzerland, retired, sitting on her ass with with her young fine ass husband we're like she deserves that she deserves that she deserves that in her custom Louboutin work she's the first she's the first woman that I've ever seen in Red Bottom Tina Turner go back and look at the footage she was on stage in Red Bottom way back in the day damn girl back in the day before the rappers was out here singing about it do your homework children (laughs) <laughs> that's all I'm saying well um I think I you know to, to wrap this up I think the last question I have for you sure and um, I hope my stand, my stone brain is still working um <laughs> we pray, that's what we pray for What do you look forward to the most um, out of the underground within the next year or so? What are you looking forward to the most currently? I'm looking to see the emergence of the artists that are being birthed from Little Nas X and, 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 and people like Saucy Santana. I think that just how Cardi B opened up a new door for female rappers when she burst onto the scene with the Bodak Yellow song going number one and, you know, creating creating an entirely new era for hip-hop that wasn't exclusively dominated by Nicki Minaj, I think now we're seeing a similar wave to that for queer people in hip-hop with Little Nas X and Saucy Santana. We're starting to see people like Kid Ken burst into to the mainstream and like now we're we're starting to see him in some of the same doors that we're seeing, you know, Saucy Santana in. And you know what I'm saying? Like, like there's starting to be more people who look like us in the rooms actually getting real noise and getting real streams. And I think that's the positive side of being able to just drop a song on SoundCloud and get 2 million streams in a week. That's the positive side of that, right? Yeah. When when the kids actually have talent, because Kid Ken is a fucking beast. Juju Andon is a fucking beast. Like, there are kids out here 
cool. I say kids as a general term because I'm 31 and I act like I'm 50. So I'm not being rude. I'm just saying, just enjoy being young. Yes, okay. indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there are so many artists that are out now that don't have to go through the journey of being an artist thinking that they're not going to get in the door just because they're gay now. Because they have examples that are walking through the door and 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 not only walking through the, through, through the door, like we've seen the Fly Young Reds and like all of that, but like Little Nas X changed the fucking industry. Frank Ocean changed the fucking industry. Saucy Santana is changing the industry right now. Like, I mean, one of I his think first also songs, he got Madonna on the remix. Who doing that? I it's cr- Did you um? Did you ever watch that show uh, called Pose? Absolutely, I have. Yes, I I watched every single season, and to this day, whoever made that show, bless them. Janet Mock and Ryan Murphy. Oh my! I mean, that show literally opened up. I, I literally like felt like it opened up a whole new world. And like, that's what you're saying too, is is like literally like birthing open this whole new world where this stuff is now exposed. People I don't think know. it's a new world though. I think it's not a new world. It's not a new world though, like but like y- you get where I'm going with this. There's exposure that like, like there's there's new eyes on a culture that's been there. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, exactly. Like yeah. bringing up Pose was a perfect analogy to that. To where like now with Pose, people are now so interested in ballroom. We've had shows like My House, Legendary, and like all of these types of shows come from it. I think that. Um, you know, now they get to see the greatness that we've been, that, you know, I've been watching since I was 16 years old. Like, I've been walking balls since I was 18. Like, I only did it for a few years, so I'm not saying that I've been doing it for like 20 years. But I've had my stint in almost every sector of gay life, is what I'm saying. I've been all over the spectrum. So, like, from walking balls to doing drag, I've done it all. And I've, you know, played it all. Anyway, but... Yes. Um, but like it's just it's what i will say is that it's gratifying to see a larger audience and a bigger budget put towards the underground industry than towards people in the underground who actually deserve it just like just like we could say that about battle rap like battle rap is coming up where like people are really getting real money out here in these battle leagues like shout out to remy ma with with the Chrome 23, uh, Babs with, you know, Queen of the Ring. Um, they're, they're fun. So they're, they're fun. They're a yeah, lot of like, fun when you watch them. And I feel like it's a great alternative to people who can actually, who can actually thrive in that style of rap, but can't thrive in the mainstream music industry. That There's a whole bag in battle rap that has grown because of the access that's been given to it through platforms like 8 Mile and like all the other things that have come from the access to it now so we haven't even we haven't even because like this is old school speed rap remember speed rap was a thing absolutely I mean I think that that was a good time 
that's well, I don't think it's gone anywhere. I think, you know, people still do it. I think it's part of my aesthetic. I think um, it's not something that I, well. It's difficult though. It's a, it's, a, it's a difficult, it's one of the difficult uh, parts of, of rapping. Like you have to be. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. to really actually have something. Like for me, I feel like you can't speed rap if you don't actually have something to say. Like, like, well, like, like you can't speed rap bullshit. But you Mm-mm. can listen to my music and you tell me that for yourself. Um, but it, I just, I feel like as much as I feel like the mainstream industry isn't where I would like to see it as far as the quality of what's being pushed to the public and what's right. being pushed and shoved on an audience. Mm-hmm. Um I appreciate that there is enough access and enough platforms out there for us to freely be able to choose the music that we consume. So now we don't just have to listen to radio. We don't just got to listen to the three or four people that's on VH1 or on 106 and Park or on BET. Like we can go out there and discover any and every type of music we want to, whether they're popping or not because of the internet. So yeah. we try to focus on the positive. Yeah. And with that, keep positive vibes. Um, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for everybody being here for Groove and Gravity, which is a collaboration between Lost in the Groove and Real Reality Realness. And this is hosted by me, Dave Lennon, and me, Brian K. James. Uh, so, um, you want to leave our handles? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you could find us at Lost in the Groove Pod. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to check us episodes weekly. Um, and you can find me over at the T-H-E-E, Real Reality Realness on Instagram. You can also find my personal page at Brian Corday James, but I'm not going to spell that for you. It's linked in the bio. Just go click it. Yes. And while you're there, click on the link in the bio to find my podcast or pretty much any streamer that you can get podcasts as well as my spinoff podcast, Housewives History. Um, yeah, we update, well, we put out new episodes of Real Reality Realness five days a week, Monday through Friday. I do interviews and deep dives with figures in pop culture, music, reality television, and the entertainment industry abroad about their lives, their platforms, and their journeys to their own per- their own personal greatness. So with that, <clears throat> hope y'all have a great day. Misbehave yourselves. Come on. <laughs>